0: Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I will be your host. Today we're going to talk about beer distribution strategies in challenging times. You're going to hear the audio of our webinar on this topic. And we're going to cover the financial and operational considerations to get your beer to market. Some of the key topics we'll cover include how to build successful relationships with your beer distributors so that you can grow sales, and we'll also cover resources to help you analyze your self-distribution options, and then we'll dig into some beer pricing, margin tools, and models that you can use. So for now, please enjoy the audio of our webinar on Beer Distribution Strategies in Challenging Times. All right. Well, thanks again for joining this morning. Um, and again, we're going to talk about beer distribution strategies in this pandemic. And we're going to talk about the financial operational considerations of getting your beer to market with all these changes that are going on. You know, some things are fundamental, uh, then other things have, have that haven't changed, you know, the fundamentals of doing this. And then others, you know, we just need to make some adjustments based on what's going on. So, We'll talk about how to build successful relationships with a beer wholesaler so you can grow sales and expand distribution. Certainly one thing that's come out of the pandemic is, you know, the what the beer wholesaler has done in the marketplace in terms of leveraging their infrastructure, their personnel, their ability to shift focus from off from on premise to off. Uh, so that sales continue. Certainly people are not drinking less beer, they're just drinking it differently. Uh, and that's one lesson that we've learned is really leveraging uh, the infrastructure of the of the beer wholesaler. Uh, so we'll talk about some tools, shifting gears to self-distribution to see if that makes financial sense for your brewery. And then I want to talk about uh, what I think is a really important consideration is beer pricing and and margins throughout the three-tier system, really to help you make the best distribution decision uh, for your business. So this is me. My name is Kerry Shumway, CPA, CFO, numbers guy. I do love the numbers. And I spent 15 years as a CFO for a beer distributor, and I'm currently CFO and partner for Warptown Brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts. So I founded craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. It's an online resource for breweries. I have a free financial newsletter uh, that goes out weekly. And there are uh, premium subscriptions uh, that you can purchase to get access to the training courses. And there's lots of training courses on the site right now. You can check that out uh, if you go over there. So my, my purpose in creating this presentation uh, and these online resources is really to share what I've learned uh, with you so that you can create a financially successful brewery. I do also have a book. If you don't have enough books on your nightstand, uh, here's one more you could you could add there. Beer business finance. Uh, this is focused on the middle tier of the beer business for for beer wholesalers, but there's a lot here for breweries as well. You get into compensation planning, inventory management, cash flow, best practices, and so forth. So if you want to check that out, you can check it out on Amazon. Just search for the title or my name, and it should pop right up. So just some quick housekeeping. Uh, if you do have questions, you can pop them in the chat. I'm not real great at uh, uh, switching attention from one to the other, so if I miss your question, uh, I will get to it uh, at the end or whenever I um, can can uh, can jump over to it. But feel free, please do ask. If you have things that come up after or you're watching the replay, I definitely encourage questions. Carrie at beerbusinessfinance.com is my email. If you have a question that doesn't lend itself to an email and you'd rather have a conversation, happy to do that as well. Just hit me in an email and we'll set up a time to do that. As far as resources and materials, uh, there's some spreadsheets I'm going to cover in the course deck itself. If you want copies of anything, just shoot me an email and get those off to you. And then further reading, a lot of these, you know, I talk about these topics a lot. I write about them. There's guides and other resources. So if you want to check out craftburyfinancialtraining.com uh, I dig into these topics uh, in a lot more detail. And one thing I am interested in, and you can put it either in the chat um, or as questions, I'd love to know how you guys are doing distribution now. And and really, is it taproom, self-distribution, wholesale, some combination? And I'd also love to know what your biggest challenge is relative to getting your beer to market. And I know that may sound obvious, given that we're in a pandemic, but but I'm curious to know the specifics of that. So again, drop it in the chat, shoot me an email. uh, And I ask this question so that I can uh, develop resources to hopefully help you out, get you unstuck, maybe answer some questions. So here's what we're going to cover today, really talk about the three paths to market, taproom, self-distribution, and through a wholesaler. The key considerations of each of these paths, financial considerations, operational, and really what's the best business decision for your brewery. And then we'll weave in there the lessons learned so far during the pandemic, because we're still learning pretty much every day. And then we'll dig into pricing and margins in the three-tier system. And I've got a A spreadsheet that you can use to kind of do the math on this. I think it's really helpful to understand your portfolio margins. Uh, We we tend to look at a blended margin, um, but digging in on your individual brands and in particular your individual packages uh, may yield some surprises relative to margins and profitability. Uh, So I think it's just important to understand uh, what that looks like within your portfolio. So we start with our taproom model, our beautiful, beloved taproom model, the margins, the profitability and the cash flows, all the good things about it. Uh, This was really the preferred way to start a brewery. It's the the advice um, that you hear and that I often give myself is, if you're starting a brewery, you start with a taproom, it's very profitable. You get that direct to consumer, the interactions, you control the branding, the experience. And then as it grows, and you want to start growing sales and expanding you consider self distribution within a tight geography uh, learn the market learn what the customers want learn what brands uh, are selling and then you scale it and work with a wholesaler so that you can really uh, leverage that infrastructure take it to new markets and even new states so that was the typical uh, advice there uh, cuz it just that's just sort of the trajectory that Seems to work very well, but certainly the pandemic has exposed a major flaw in this system in that it completely shut down the on premise business bars, restaurants, and tap rooms. So, really, what this requires is once we see this flaw now, and who knew, who knew you'd shut down the entire on premise business for a period of time, is we need to have uh, multiple paths to market. And within our tap room, uh, as you likely have done it. We did it, we did it at Wormtown is you you really leverage up your e-commerce. So that's it, that's still sailing through the taproom, but through a different path. We use toast for a point of sale. They very quickly got us an e-commerce platform. This was in the early days of the pandemic. Curbside and to go beer uh, really allowed us to continue to sell as I imagine it did for, for many, many breweries. The other paths, obviously, self-distribution and wholesale. Uh, really needing to have different ways to sell your beer if one of those paths shut down. It also really exposed a need for diversification in package types and this ability to flex into different. What we're seeing is, you know, larger pack sizes are what the consumer is gravitating towards, more familiar brands. If they're going to invest in a 12-pack, for example, they want to make sure that it's something that they like. So the flaw in the system is really... Put an emphasis on diversification in revenue streams, the ability to be agile, flexible, and have this thing called optionality, which is really flexing into different types of packages. So that's the tap room, and those are those are obviously some of the flaws that were exposed and how we can counteract it. One of the path, one path to market uh, outside of our tap room is through wholesalers, and again, they've really showed their value during this crisis and in their ability uh, to service the market uh, in just a, a pretty amazing way. And I'm sure there are stories where it didn't work out so well, but by and large, uh, it's, it's, it's been pretty remarkable. So I wanted to talk a bit about who beer wholesalers are, uh, specifically what they do, how they, how they add value, and maybe most importantly, what they will need from you uh, as a brewery. Uh, right now, maybe more so than ever. So who are these folks? Uh, We have 3,000 approximately traditional wholesalers in the U.S. Uh, By and large, they're family-owned, multi-generational, second, third, fourth generation businesses. Uh, And they're like in any industry, most industries, there's a lot of acquisition and consolidation that's going on. So one beer wholesaler buying another. And I bring that up just so you understand that If you're with a wholesaler now or you're considering getting with one, um, just to have this understanding that they do uh, change hands, there's acquisition and consolidation. So the wholesaler you sign on with today may not be your partner tomorrow or in the future as consolidation continues. So what do beer wholesalers do? We generally think of a beer wholesaler as they, you know, they deliver the beer, they warehouse the beer. That's what they do. And that is true. And there's also a huge sales and marketing component. There's market managers, route salespeople, feed on the street. There's a lot of customer service, merchandising, draft land, cleaning where it's legal to do so, point of sale creation, and so forth. So there's a lot of things that are going on with a beer wholesaler that are a little bit transparent. They may not meet the eye. And I bring this up for two reasons. One is it's important to know what the wholesaler does so that you can understand what they don't do. And ultimately, you'll need to understand what you'll need to do uh, to help grow sales of your brands. So this little graphic um, kind of encompasses each of the different departments within the organization of a wholesaler. Everything from sales to administration, delivery, merchandising, dealing with draft lines. There's a lot of point of sale creation, a lot of promotion, marketing of products, events when we could have events. Uh, obviously, inventory management, warehousing, and so forth, and the cycle continues. So, this is also useful if you are considering self distribution uh, to understand each of these component parts so that you know what to expect, and, and maybe more to the point, you'll know what the retailer may expect from you if you're going to be delivering uh, the beer. So, how do beer wholesalers add value? You know, clearly, there's that the, the size and scale. The history, the experience, and the relationships, which in one sentence, it's it's kind of hard to overstate how important that is. And the lesson learned again is these benefits are really on full display during this crisis. Uh, their ability to penetrate the market, their ability to to shift gears and dedicate all those resources to the off premise channel uh, can really, really has really been a big benefit for not just the consumer but certainly for breweries as well. Uh, They know the market better than anyone generally, uh, and they'll be your largest customer. One of the considerations with self-distribution is dealing with dozens or hundreds of customers having to sell and service and uh, do those collections. It can be a, can be a real challenge. So with a wholesaler, you know, it's one check, it's one invoice. Uh, They'll be your largest customers. That's, that's a real value add that maybe gets overlooked sometimes. And what is this going to cost? You know, when you use a wholesaler is a distributor margin that typically they're gonna expect 25 to 30%. And there's also signing away distribution rights. So when we get into the contract phase, uh, typically what's gonna happen and almost without exception is we'll be signing away the rights to distribute our brands. Um, So that is how a wholesaler creates value is through these distribution rights. And that's what will be signed away. that's part of what it'll cost for the services of a wholesaler. So what do they need from you right now during this crisis? You know, I think one one thing to keep in mind is that wholesalers are scrambling too. Obviously, you know, as brewery owners and managers we're scrambling. We see our, you know, what's going on in our world, but wholesalers are they're no different. Uh and we may think that they've got you know the time and the infrastructure to watch the numbers, the sales trends, um You know, they may not. I wouldn't make that assumption now during this crisis, and I wouldn't make it, you know, when we return to to quote-unquote normal times. So they may not have the time. Another way to think about this is, you know, you're 100% of your business. You're 100% of your brands, but you may be less than 1% of the wholesaler's business. It's not a criticism. It's just a fact. And it really just means that you need to watch your data, respond to trends, help your wholesaler partners to build a recommended order. Inform them of inventory levels, what's selling, and what they'll need for an order of your product. So it's really just about uh, being very proactive in watching your data, inventory, and sales and trends, and be very uh, communicative with your wholesaler partner. That's what they're going to need from you. They, you know, they're they're not necessarily going to have the time to get as detailed on those on those stats as as you can and and likely should. So just a bit about distribution agreements. These are the contracts. Um, These really outline the terms of the business deal, such as the territory, the brands, the pricing, and so forth. One of the big lessons we've learned during this pandemic is uh, how to deal with old beer. You know, when everything shut down, on-premise closed. there was a tremendous amount of draft beer out there. What happened to it? What's going to happen to it if we close down? Again, the contract should really speak to this. and um, certainly should be a communication item. If you're in uh, talks with a wholesaler now, or if you're in a contract, how do you deal with this? You know, there's lots of examples of that. Uh, it's been handled in, in different ways, but it needs to be discussed. And certainly the the pandemic has taught us that lesson. So generally speaking with the contract, you just want to understand the basic contract terms. The advice here is clearly to get um, an attorney that understands not just contract law, but state alcohol regulations as well. That's a a nice combination uh, so that they're well-versed in what these contracts should look like. Um, I recommend considering developing your own standard contract for if for no other reason you really understand all the nuts and bolts of what's included um and at a minimum you may be able to create a fair and balanced contract so when we think about these agreements we can also think about them largely as disagreements because we don't often look at them until there's actually a disagreement going on so if there are disagreements that you can think of what might go wrong we want to make sure that they are addressed and considered uh, within the contract itself. So, how to evaluate a wholesaler partner? So, if you're if you're not working with a wholesaler now and you're thinking, I you know this is a path to market I want to explore. I need to diversify my revenue streams. I need a different different path to market. Um, I put together kind of ten key questions that you can ask, and I've incorporated these into what I'll call an, a distributor evaluation scorecard. So it's really just a way. To do some homework and due diligence, understand what the relationship um, can look like or should look like. I um, really considering you know, what's most important to you. So I write here like, "What is one thing that's most important?" Uh, but we want to consider, you know, all the things that are that are important in the relationship and get those uh, into uh, the question phase, into your homework phase. So some sample questions. Uh, that you might ask, you know, how do you assess opportunities for my brands at retail? So if you're going to a wholesaler, um, ask the question, you know, where you may have an expectation that your brands really belong everywhere. And the wholesaler who understands the market, retail accounts, buying habits of consumers within those, within those accounts, you know, they may have a targeted list that might be different from yours. So you really want to understand how do you, how do they assess your opportunities, have a conversation around that. Maybe look for a recent example. The wholesaler can provide you a case study. You know, what have they done in the past with maybe a similar brand? And what kind of launch success did they have? So that can kind of paint a picture for you. And just to repeat, you know, really talking about how to, how to handle old beer. It's a very real, it's always been a real problem, quite frankly. It's sort of the, the hidden profitability killer out there, this, this concept of old beer. And it's just um, much a much bigger issue now, of course. So have the discussion. This is just a snapshot of the scorecard. There's 10 questions, a couple of them. I just went over there um, and I don't, you can use it as a scorecard. In other words, you ask the question uh, you get the information and then you can kind of rank these based on what kind of answers you've got. So for example, you ask the wholesaler about the game plan for your brand or what opportunities are there at retail? Do they have target accounts? Are they on and off premise? Are they planning any specific events or kickoff meetings? And based on the responses, you can provide a score, you know, 10 being great, one being not so great, then you add it up. So the score itself is not terribly important, but I think it's asking the question, um, aggregating uh, the responses that you get, and then the score can just maybe kind of keep you on track. But if you want to get a copy of this, craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com, search for evaluation scorecard. Uh, If you can't track it down, shoot me an email, I'll send this to you. All right, shifting gears, self-distribution Again, you know, as the crisis has taught us, we need to have different revenue streams. We need to have different paths to market. Self-distribution is another option to do that. So I'll just talk about and share some pros and cons, Uh, talk about some tools uh, that you can use to evaluate, you know, how the operation works and what your needs might be. And then we'll dig in a little bit on the economics of the model itself from startup cost to creating your financial pro forma. So the pros of it, uh, you know, you control your brand, start to finish, singular brand focus, 100% share of mind. As I had mentioned, you know, earlier, you're 100% of your own business and you may be 1% of the wholesaler business. Again, it's not a criticism. It's just the reality. Uh, But when you're self-distributing, the reality is it's 100% share of mind for your brands. Second is you get to keep the margin that 25 to 30%, you know, that can add up. Uh, you get to keep it now. The, alt- the the flip side is you will have costs to run your self distribution operation, and that twenty-five to thirty percent margin uh, is the money that you'll have in order to cover those costs. So that's where the, the financial planning really comes in: is that enough? Is that going to get it done? Uh, third, is you avoid those strict franchise laws for the state, and you know they can be onerous, and you know there's there's some horror stories uh, around that. Uh, so maybe some some things to consider, but you avoid it entirely if you're self-distributing. Fourth is really learning the market, the retailers and the customers. And it can be a really fantastic training ground for your team to understand, you know, what the customer and retailer needs really are. Um, and you'll understand the process of, of distribution. So if you do work with a wholesaler in the future, you'll really have um, a good understanding of what it's like to run that business. I think it helps build uh, that mutual respect that's so important in in any business relationship. And then lastly, you potentially create a valuable asset in those brand distribution rights. As I said earlier, the wholesaler, that's how they um, build their values. They have the value of these brand distribution rights. Uh, So that's something that you'll create and ultimately retain through self-distribution. So some cons or considerations, you know, clearly there's, there's financial considerations. We've got startup costs. Uh, these are barriers to entry. Uh, second, we've got limited resources. So those dollars that we may invest in new trucks or vehicles or forklifts, uh, that's money that we may not have now to invest in our core brewery operation. You know, if we need new tanks, new canning line and so forth, you know, you can only, only split those resources so far. Third competition from established beer wholesalers. Certainly, you know, they—the beer wholesaler has generally been in the market for decades and decades and decades. They have those long relationships. Uh, they've demonstrated to the retail partners, you know, that they're reliable. They hit their delivery windows. Uh, they deliver, you know, what they say they're going to deliver. So competing with that can be can be a consideration. Uh, fourth, the retailer, uh, custom, their your customer needs, their demands. Again, you know, learning how to satisfy uh, each of their, you know, idiosyncrasies, if you will, uh, in terms of properly servicing and selling the market. Fifth is that self-distribution really is a different skill set. It's, di- it's different in many ways from brewing beer in that you've got these delivery windows. We've got different inventory management considerations Uh, we may now have dozens or hundreds of collection points we make the sale now we got to collect the money that could be a real challenge so just looking at it as a separate business within your brewery business so again not necessarily cons but these are certainly considerations so if you're not self-distributing just some things to think about some some route building basics it generally starts with defining your account universe. What are the number of accounts? What type of accounts are in the market that you want to serve? Then we want to outline what our sales and service goals will look like. What are our expectations uh, for frequency of visits and level of service that we can provide? And how does that marry up to the expectations that our accounts might have? And then getting into the nitty-gritty of what, are the, what amount of time is it uh, that we're going to need to commit In order to sell the account, service the account, uh, the drive time in between accounts, uh, the delivery windows and or restrictions that accounts may have. Some accounts say, you know, I don't don't take deliveries on Friday afternoons or I only take deliveries on Tuesdays before noon time. So matching those up to uh, what your route's going to look like. So you can use a route building spreadsheet uh, to get some of these basics pulled together, which I'll show you next. You can also use routing software, and we've used Encompass, we've used VIP, Uh, so there's different, more sophisticated tools uh, in order to do that. But certainly for starting out, you know, a spreadsheet, some pen and paper, uh, you can at least start to gather this information. Uh, So what what we've done in the past is we've looked at uh, different, you can make a list of each individual account that you want to sell, or you can group these into class of account and you know this is just for simplicity i'm showing class of account here so we have chain supermarket accounts convenience small retail and then we would just want to list out how many accounts are we going to deliver make an estimate of the average drive time average sell time average service time and then just tally that up and really what this is going to do is help us to inform our financial budget our operating budget how many people are we going to need in order to execute this self-distribution. So again, it's not perfect, but it's a pretty good starting point, pretty good estimate. And I think it forces you to ask some questions of, so relative to service time, are we gonna merchandise these accounts? You know, what wasn't really thinking we'd have to do that. And then how much time is that gonna take? And what does that then do to our our personnel planning, uh, for example? So just a template you can uh, use to uh, start sort of gathering your data and looking at what the operational considerations might be. Clearly within your business, within a self-distribution business, we want to have a financial pro forma. I strongly recommend accounting for it as a separate business. It's really the only way to know if it's making you money, breaking even, or losing money. And just like reviewing your portfolio margins, you might find some surprises if you're running a self-distribution business now and you run the numbers, you may realize, man, I'm losing money on this. Or if you're considering getting into it, we just want to put, you know, create uh, this pro forma so we can understand, is this financially viable? So as we consider financial, operational, and business considerations, at least we can check that box. So for sales, we're just going to go through an estimate, by account, brand, and package. And that's going to help inform our production needs and obviously our production planning margins you know, really working backwards from price on the shelf. And how do we do that? I'll show you a a model that I use uh, in a minute. Operating expenses, really listing out what this thing's going to cost. You know, what are we going to spend money on? And I do have a sample expense listing that you can download and just kind of cross-reference and say, these are all the typical expenses you can expect to incur in a self-distribution organization. Uh, so again, Go to the website, uh, search for self-distribution chart of accounts. That's what I call it. It's a sample expense listing, and you can check that out. So startup cap. So that's kind of the operating side of self-distribution. And the startup capital, uh, if you're not doing it already, what I recommend as a starting point is to do a sources and uses schedule. Really, this is, you know, what do we need to buy and where are we going to get the money uh, in order to pay for it? and it really helps provide some structure. You know, what is What are we buying? How much is it? When do we need to buy it? Why do we need it? And it can really help serve as a tool if you're going to be financing uh, these purchases as well. So this is what it can look like. We'll start with the uses side of the ledger. So uses, we may need a sales vehicle, we may need vans, forklift, and so forth. So we make a list of what we believe we need. And some of this will be informed by our Route building schedule. How many accounts do we intend to service? How many people will we have to do that? So, make our list, uh, get our quotes on what it, all this stuff costs and add it up. In this example, we've got $150,000 worth of equipment that we're going to need to get going. Now, we do the sources side of the ledger, which is where we're going to get the money for this. So, we may go to a bank and we just need to understand the bank's not going to loan us 100% of uh, that money. We'll need to have some equity. Typically a bank alone, 70 to 80%. So again, just a schedule to kind of organize. Um, Very simple approach is like, what do I want to buy and where where do I want to get the money? A lot of times that sources number is a lot smaller than uses. So we just want to make sure they're at least even and we've got enough money to uh, raise our startup capital. A final point on self-distribution is really exit planning, succession planning. Um, What are your options if you get into self-distribution and decide you want to get out? Um, so there are, or may be options to sell or transfer your brand distribute brand distribution rights to a wholesaler. Um, the way the wholesaler is going to look at this business, uh, they're going to look at essentially your market, the accounts that you service, and they want to know about the territory gross profit. And they'll make an assessment as to whether it makes sense financially for them, uh, to take on these brands and, or if they'll assign any value to it. Uh, so, certainly now in the crisis, we're we're seeing these margins, these valuations getting compressed. Um, you know, wholesalers are generally taking on fewer or cutting SKUs or brands. Uh, so this may not be a great option right now. It's, it's probably not, but certainly for the future, uh, if self distribution is something you get into, it's just a consideration uh, to know about. So i will to wrap up here with pricing and margins in the three tier system. So. Uh, buckle your seatbelts. We're going to run through some spreadsheets. Uh, And I will say at the start, um, on the website, there is a longer video on how to price your beer, which walks through these spreadsheets a little more slowly and also provides you with the templates that you can download. So if you go to the site and search for that, how to price your beer, you'll find these. Um, But for starting points, just a, a fairly simple illustration here of the different margin structures based on the different paths to market. Obviously, the the thrust of this presentation is we need to have diversified revenue streams. We need to have different paths to market, taproom, self-distribution, and wholesale. But we also need to understand the implications on margin and profitability, depending on which path we choose. So this is a hypothetical example of a case of beer. Let's say it's a 16-ounce case of beer. And if we sell that through the tap room, say we're selling it through four packs, maybe it's curbside or or to-go beer, we might realize a price on that case of seventy-eight dollars. We'll, we'll that that'll be our sale, seventy-eight dollars. The cost of that case, again, hypothetical res- results may vary, is twenty dollars. So we have a margin on this case of fifty-eight dollars or seventy-four percent. Now that same case of beer sold through a wholesaler, the price is going to be lower. The margin is going to be lower, it might yield us $17. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. We're considering a wholesaler or self distribution so that we can grow our brands, uh, so that we can expand our markets and territories. So it's basically a volume uh, play at this point. You can only sell so much beer through the tap room. So the takeaway here is we want to do this illustration and understand the impact of shifting from one path tap room to another path wholesale what that means as far as margins and ultimately profitability. So I recommend kind of running this analysis for yourself so you can kind of just quantify what that might look like so you can help with your financial planning. Here's where we get into some details. Um, The takeaway on this is I recommend going through your portfolio, going through each brand, or at least the major brands that you sell. If you can identify, say, 80% of your sales, focus on those brands and those packages and run this analysis. Ideally, you'd have this uh, for, for each brand and item within your portfolio. Uh, but we'll start with this one. This is our IPA, our Easy IPA. And the idea here is to take the brand, Easy IPA, and list out each of the package configurations that we have for it. So here we have half barrel, six barrel, we got 16-ounce cans. We've got 12-pack, 12 12-ounce, 12 6-pack, 12-ounce. We want to identify what our costs are for this brand and for each package. And once we know that and we can see what we're then considering selling to wholesaler at, we can determine what our margins are by package, by item. So in this example, Easy IPA, we have a half barrel. Our total costs, again, these are hypothetical numbers, $56.50. Let's just say based on market conditions, we're going to have a PTW, that's our price to wholesaler, of $120. That's going to give us a brewery margin of $63.50 or right around 53%. So that number in and of itself may not mean much. We need to compare that brewery margin to our financial plan. What did we need uh, for our aggregate uh, margin on our financials? and is 53% gonna get it done? The other way of looking at this is to see the variability that we might find in different packages. So on that half barrel, we're making about 53%. If we look down at the two 12, 12 ounce, so those are say 12 pack, 12 ounce cans, we're looking at a margin of about 19%. Results may vary, your pricing may be different, your costing may be different, but generally speaking, the takeaway is you're gonna have some pretty wide swings in your portfolio based on the different packages. So this is one way to kind of lay it all out there for you, aggregate the data and see what it looks like. Now on the next slide, we continue this example. So we've still got our easy IPA. We've still got our different packages and our costs that we've established. We've still got our price to wholesaler, PTW. and Now we wanna look at it from a price to retailer perspective. So the we sell to the wholesaler, The wholesaler is then going to sell to the retailer. And as I mentioned earlier, that wholesaler needs to make a specific margin, usually around 30%. So we want to make sure that our pricing gets us the margin that we need, us being the brewery, and gets the wholesaler the margin that they need. And ultimately, the retailer gets the margin that they need when they're selling onto the consumer. So it's each of the steps in the three-tier system just kind of aggregating this information making sure that uh, we can hit these numbers. And to the extent we have maybe problems in the hypothetical illustration of the 12 packs, uh, you know, do we need to look at our pricing? Can we look at our costs and things of that nature? So here we have, again, our our half barrel priced to wholesalers of 120. The wholesaler is going to sell to the retailer, PTR of 170, giving them a margin of 29%. So right, kind of right in the zone where they need to be. So again, a lot of numbers bouncing around here. The takeaway is focus on the brands that you're selling the most of, focus on the packages that you're selling the most of, <clears throat> excuse me, and make sure you can aggregate that data, understand where you, have, where you may have some margin uh, variability. In other words, where the margin may not be robust enough on a particular package through a particular channel, uh, you just need to consider what that's going to mean as far as margin and profit profitability in your portfolio. <clears throat> so just finishing that thought, you know, again, I went through that quickly. Uh, check out how to price your beer, video, download, see if it makes sense. I think it's a good exercise to run through so you understand your portfolio margins. So to wrap it up, give you some action items. You know, we've got to have diversification, tap room, self-distribution, and wholesaler, you know, looking at different ways different lessons that the pandemic has has taught us certainly addressing that old beer issue uh, certainly continuing e-commerce options curbside you know as as we're hearing a lot about winter's coming that happens every year and you know particularly now as things are shutting down we just need to be prepared uh, for that have different different paths uh, to market here and looking at your pricing and margin structures Uh, is a good exercise as well so you understand, again, your margin and profitability considerations. So I thank you guys for your time and attention. Uh, If there's any questions, hit me in the chat. Uh, If anything comes up after, uh, please do email me. And again, I would love to hear how you guys are going to market now, how it's working, what, if any, challenges uh, that you're facing right now that you may need some help with. Um, And I'll see see if I can help you with that. So again, carry at beerbusinessfinance.com. That's the best way uh, to get me. Uh, check out craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com um, for more resources on this information. Uh, the presentation, uh, this deck. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can get it on the website. You can just download it. I was going to say, just email me and I'll send you a, a PDF. But either, either way, shoot me an email, I'll send it to you. And then I'll I'll work to get it up on the website so you can download it there. As well. And yes, replays will be available uh, if you've registered, <clears throat> you can you can get that replay. I think it comes out um, maybe an hour hour or two after the conclusion of our of our webinar here. So really appreciate your time. Thanks, everybody, and uh, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.